This is Three Valleys Radio. A very warm welcome to the Bresbet Racing Show. On the show tonight, we've got all the news and fixtures. Paige Fuller joins us at the show. We pop up to Lambourne to speak to Jamie Snowden. Jockey Nick Schofield talks to us about his experiences at Cheltenham. We've got our memory slot. And of course we've got Colin Brown and Dave Wilson. So sit back and enjoy and let's hope we've got a few tips for the weekend's racing. Good afternoon, everybody. It's Sunday afternoon. I'm sat here having to work so as I can watch Cheltenham later in the week. It's a hard life, you know. It really is. But let's not waste any more time and catch up with Mike Padden with all the racing news. Hello and a very warm welcome along to this week's racing news. With all the news that is the news across the racing media, including racing television, the racing post and the sporting life. And this week we start with the headline, Tuesday, Champion Hurdle Cheltenham. This, according to some, was going to be the day Honeysuckle was found out. The secret she had been keeping to herself for the best part of four years was going to get out and expose her as a fraud. She had beaten nothing, apparently, and her most redeeming feature was the £7 sex allowance she had been receiving along the way. It was here, on her 15th start, with the big brute appreciated eyeballing her, when the truth would come out. And the truth did indeed come out, only it wasn't the news the naysayers were expecting. It turns out she is actually one of the greatest jump horses of the modern era, male or female. Of that there can be no debate now. This was the day the last few stubborn doubters began to believe. At last. It took them long enough. The records are being smashed at a rapid rate, and the latest addition to that particular catalogue was surpassing the mighty Frankel. The greatest flat horse these eyes have ever clapped eyes on won all 14 of his starts. Honeysuckle has now won 15, and this latest victory was, perhaps, her best yet. She beat horses she had never beaten before. "'Where's Matt Chapman? I haven't managed to find him yet. "'I'd love to have a word with him,' joked Henry de Bromhead "'in the immediate aftermath of this stunning success. "'He could laugh about it by then. "'That pressure that comes with completely dominating the 2021 festival "'could take a few hours off. "'It's pure relief, it really is,' he continued, "'and ecstasy as well, in the sense that I just really hoped "'she would get the welcome back that she got.' I'm always preparing myself for the day she will get beaten, but I was really hoping that she would get that roar. And boy, did they roar. They roared, they clapped, they cheered, and there was even a rendition of Ole 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 along the way. She deserved this. She is too good and too special to be greeted by silence. If all the good will and good lucks that came my way could win you a race, she would have won by a furlong, de Bromhead told us. Most people here were willing her to win. The support we get with her is just mental. Honeysuckle is ours now, and we all feel like we have a leg in her. Some might not have been under the same sort of pressure as de Bromhead, but there were sweaty palms all around the grandstand when the unflappable Rachel Blackmore went the brave woman's route coming down the hill. She went through them rather than around them. Ballsy, wasn't she, Henry, they said. Rachel is brilliant, he said. She had so much horse underneath her at the second last, they are just a dream team. She was sublime, and I can't believe it. She's just amazing, and we are so lucky to have her. Blackmore, of course, deflected all the praise to Honeysuckle. She always does. She always finds a way, she really does, Rachel said. I was kind of wider than I'd like everywhere, and maybe wasn't as happy halfway round, but I just slotted in and we got our gap. Then it was fantastic. I'm so happy Kenny Alexander is here as well. He's a really good man and a class owner. 
and I'm really glad he was getting cheered on. Jockey's dream of getting on good horses, but she takes that to a whole new level. She's special. She's once in a lifetime. I'm so lucky to be riding her. Blackmore must have been nervous beforehand, given what was at stake. An odds-on favourite in the champion hurdle with an astonishing unbeaten record on the line. There are no more notches to go up on the pressure cooker. She said, You know what? Part of me was thinking I should be more nervous here before the race, but I actually do have a lot of confidence in her. It would be weird if I didn't, because she's never let me down. She's incredible. Henry gets her to the races every day in the form he does, and that's an extremely tough feat to train a horse or mare to win all those races in succession. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable indeed, and, you never know, a clash with Constitution Hill could be on the cards now at Punchestown in the Paddy Power Champion Hurdle. Ladbrokes make the runaway Supreme Victor 8-11 to to win it, whereas the sponsors go 9-4 to and are 8-13 to about Honeysuckle. The 2020 winner Epitante got closest to her here, and, but for making a mess of the last, she would have got even closer again. This was, you could argue, as good a performance than when she won the race. Aidan Coleman was left to rue that final flight error. He said, She just lost her footing at the last, and if we'd winged it, it might have been a different story, but we didn't. Nicky Henderson had it. She was run a fantastic race. She's been slick and sharp this season. We knew what we were taking on, but she made a race of it. Fair play to her. They're two very talented mares. Two very talented mares is right, Nicky. But in Honeysuckle, we might have just found the best mare of all time. Dawn Run won a gold cup, but she only won one champion hurdle. The truth is out now. Honeysuckle is one of the best we've ever seen. And with the headline, What Baron Run? Henderson finds form. Here's our next story here on the Racing News. Nicky Henderson's Baron Patch had been well advertised heading into the Cheltenham Festival, but Constitution Hill, Epitante and Marie's Rock silenced any doubts about his horse's well-being. Constitution Hill powered up the hill in frightening fashion to land the supreme novice's hurdle by 22 lengths, smashing the course record in the process. Epitante ran a huge race in the champion hurdle too, and a better jump at the last could have seen her challenging Honeysuckle more seriously. Marie's Rock provided Henderson and Nico de Bonville with a second winner from four runners, scuttling up the near side rail to score at 18 to 1, and there can be no doubt that the Henderson machine is firing on all cylinders. That bodes well for the chances of Shiskin and Champ later in the week, with Chantry House another with live claims in the championship races for seven barrows. And our third story this week fires off with the headline, McManus does it again. Owner J.P. McManus rarely leaves the Cheltenham Festival without a handicap win to his name, and Brazil provided him with an opening day success. The Padre Roche-trained four-year-old stormed up the hill to deny Gaelic Warrior in a driving finish to the Boodles, and it is unlikely that that will be the only time we see those green and white hoops passing the line in front. McManus has several huge handicap chances later in the week, including Sire du Berlay, who bids to win the Petomps in a record-equaling third time. He also has some brilliant chances in the championship races, including Champ in the Stayers and Chantry House in the Gold Cup, both trained by the Red Hot Anderson. And the racing news continues with the headline, Mullins leaves it late. It is rare that we exit the first day of the Cheltenham Festival without a Willie Mullins winner, and we were made to wait until the final race of the day for a close Sutton scorer. Although Gaelic Warrior was beaten at shorter odds, this was the weakest day for Mullins in terms of firepower, and that is a frightening prospect moving forward. Wednesday is likely to be a very good day for the stable, with Sir Gerhard and Fasil Vega complemented by appearances from Emergermen and Chanson Poursoir. The best is certainly yet to come, with Haloa in the Ryanair and Vauban in the Triumph being bankers of the week for many punters, to name just a few. And next up, here on the Racing News. 
With the headline, He has the game to down her, we have a story by James Byrne, the Lambourne correspondent. It was illuminating that Constitution Hill's owner Michael Buckley floated the idea of a Punchestown clash 48 hours before his new superstar's demolition job in the Supreme and plenty will want front row seats for what would be a mouth-watering showdown on April the 29th. If any horse has the game to down Honeysuckle, it would appear to be Constitution Hill, who might, given the freakish talent he seems to possess, still be in second gear when she attempts her trademark move of tearing away from the field just as things are heating up. They may have been too hot for Constitution Hill stablemate Epitante, who fluffed the last one attempting her challenge in the champion hurdle, but Nicky Henderson's seven barrows yard might not have to wait too long for revenge. And for our next news story here on the Racing News, we head over to Robbie Wilders, the anti-postman. With the headline, I would 100% be in his camp, we have this story. Immediately after the Supreme, I thought Constitution Hill's performance might have been good enough to win the champion hurdle later in the afternoon, and I'm standing by that. He broke the track record, despite Nico de Bonville easing him down some way out and gesturing the crowd for good measure. It was a sensational display. Admittedly, the relentless place contributed to the rapid time, but Constitution Hill barely looked like he'd been in a race. He's defeated an unbeaten, high-class stablemate in Jombon by 22 lengths, and my only frustration is that Dysart Dynamo didn't stay on his feet. We don't know yet how the two weight up by comparison. You can't crab Honeysuckle as she keeps winning and is undoubtedly an all-time great. Tia Hoopoo didn't run this race. Appreciated clearly needed the run, and she has beaten Epitanti and Zanahia in a similar fashion to previous victories. I would 100% be in Constitution Hill's camp if he meets Honeysuckle in the Punchestown champion hurdle. There is no point sticking to the novice route. And for our final story here on the Racing News today, we're heading over to Owen Goulding, who's a reporter. He says, both Honeysuckle and Constitution Hill look special, but I firmly believe Constitution Hill is a freak of nature and he is the one who I will be siding with when they clash. Arguably, that supreme performance could have won him the champion hurdle, and the time backs up that theory. The way he quickened clear of John Bond took my breath away, and given that he is just a five-year-old, he is nowhere near the finished article, and that is a frightening prospect. If they clash at Punchestown, I will be all over Constitution Hill. That being said, I have seen quotes of 2-1 to one for next year's champion hurdle, and I would not be rushing to be on at that price with a year to go. It is a bit early for all that talk. This has been the Racing News, with all the news that is news from the racing media. That includes Racing TV, the Racing Post, and the Sporting Life. I'm Mike Padden. Please join us again next time for some more racing news. Thanks for listening. Now let's have a look and see where you can go racing this weekend. Ah, we can start with seven races over to jumps at Fontwell with a one o'clock start. Eight races over the jumps at Utoxeter with a one twenty start. Seven races over the jumps at Kempton with a one thirty start. Seven races over the jumps at Newcastle, 158 start. And finally, six races over the flat at Wolverhampton on their all-weather surface uh, with the six o'clock start. That's Saturday. And on Sunday, there are seven races over the jumps at uh, Carlisle with a 150 start. Seven races over the jumps at Chepstow, two o'clock start. Seven races over the jumps at Dan Patrick in Ireland with a 210 start. And if you fancy going to Hong Kong or Abu Dhabi, you'll catch up with some there as well. Well, Cheltenham is just around the corner, isn't it? It's uh, getting really close now, which is uh, quite why I'm having to work this afternoon. But I'm looking forward to be able to sit down and enjoy every day of it, every minute of it. But in the meantime, we will carry on preparing this show for you to listen to on Friday night. I'm going to go to um, a little bit of a teaser from an interview that I did with... Paige Fuller. Uh, Paige is the second uh, lady jockey that we've had on the show. We had Holly Doyle on a few months ago. And uh, Paige has joined us. And uh, this is what we talked about. 
I'm good, thanks. Um, I suppose a bit better than yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've had a bad morning so far, but we'll worry about that later. But um, <laughs> what I normally do with these interviews is, we, you know, we go back to basics and, and right back to basics. So when you were a little toddler, um, what was your sort of first involvement with a horse? Well, I was I was really lucky. I probably sort of had the dream childhood from that front because both my parents were horsey people, um, grew up hunting and everything. So, you know, horses it wasn't really an option. I suppose not to not to like them, but I did like them anyway. So it was um it was it was a very lucky happy childhood on ponies. I suppose. And where did you live in your in your childhood? Always, always sort of been in the Newbury area, so right. so local to Lambourne. So yeah. always sort of grown up with with racing just on the doorstep as well. Right. So did you um, did you participate in like pony clubs and stuff like that, and and start start your racing career that way? Yeah, that's exactly how it started. Really, you know, pony club and hunted as well. So a few of us kids when pony racing started up. You know, a few of us kids from from the hunt all hmm. all started pony racing as soon as we could, really. So that was when I was, you know, I was able to start pony racing at the age of nine, which you know, I, I was really lucky to, to be able to do. Yeah, absolutely. And and when you when you went, did you go hunting at that age nine? Oh yeah, I was already hunting. I was I was hunting from from a from a small from pretty small so. Um, yeah, I suppose that Need for Speed kind of came out of that, and as I say, like when we were all we were all racing each other out hunting anyway, and as soon as pony racing started up, we thought we'd make it a bit more official, I suppose. Yeah, but but I mean, you know, one thinks of hunting. I mean, you know, I live in a in a, a you know a, a rural area, um, and there's there's a, a Catterstock hunt around here. There's the Sevington hunt, um, but you know, you you see them going off on their horses, and my sister-in-law's she used to work at Ron Hodges for many years, so. I've, I've sort of, you know, before I got into radio, I've always been sort of connected to horses in some way or other. But I mean, you know, nine, ten-year-old, I mean, jumping fences and gates and stuff. I mean, that must have been a bit hairy, wasn't it? Yeah, luckily our country around here, we're a bit more, we're a bit closer to London, and we've got a few more main roads dividing up the hunt country. I think I don't think the the hunting around here would set the pulse racing quite like it would in in your neck of the woods. Mm. Um, I remember, to be fair, I remember I actually went to school right down your way in Blamford. I went to a oh, yeah, school yeah. Called, um, called Hamford in Child yeah. Oakford. Yeah. Um, and so I, I had a couple of days, probably when I was 11, 12, out with the Portman, and that was just sort of different different gravy down down that way. So, yeah, I sort of saw what proper hunting was like. Round us, it's a bit tamer, so Is that, it's yeah, all yeah. right for... All right for children, I suppose. Um, I mean, how how strong is it up around your way? Because I, I worked for a while. I worked for a guy that sold hydroponic grass machines, and that involved me going down to Exmoor and places like that, where it's very much stag hunting country as opposed to fox hunting. And I was I was staggered really at the you know when you look at it, and although I I abhor um, cruelty to animals. But but when you see how hunting has has um, you know evolved, if you like, down in in, in around Exmoor area, it, it, there are so many people involved in it and so many jobs at stake in that. So you you begin to wonder, you know, you can understand why they fight so hard to keep it. On the other hand, I don't like to see the thought of a, a stag. I mean, there was a picture in the paper once where a, a stag had got onto the roof of a house because he was being chased so badly. Things like that, you know, but but it but it is so much a part of the the rural scene. Yeah, I think oh, we could we could open a can, big can of worms here, couldn't we? Because mm. it's sort of it's a bit of a slippery. It's quite it's quite a topical subject, isn't it? It's um, yeah. it's quite a slippery slope um, with that, really. Um, obviously, I, I haven't been stag hunting myself. I grew up fox hunting, mm. um, and and you're right, they are so crucial to you know the, the the job the jobs that it provides and everything the yeah. countryside yeah um um maintenance i suppose and and like you know, i i don't know how true it is but we always grew up being told that if you caught a fox you know a hound a fox can outrun a hound and so naturally the hounds will only be able to catch either the stupid foxes or the 
or the sickly foxes. And yeah. that's what we got brought up. And, yeah. and it was most often true. You know, you didn't, you didn't catch every fox that, that came up in front of the hounds. Obviously, I appreciate now no. you can't hunt them anyway. But, you you know, I spent a bit of time in London a few years ago and you see the mangy, horrible yeah, yeah. city foxes now. And, and, and that's just, you know, it's, it's, it's such a balance. And, look, I appreciate why, you know, it is banned and, mm. and whatever, but I don't necessarily... As I say, because I grew up being told that, you know, and you saw a lot of healthy fox can easily run out, run a hound, you know, yeah. so you are catching those those sickly ones. And I don't know, again, it just goes on to the whole, you know, whip, whip review that's coming up and all of this. But yeah, yeah. It, it's a really, it's a really grey area. And, yeah, and, no, you're, and you're I think right. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a very, um, it's a difficult conversation that's going to be had a lot throughout countryside. Yeah, no, you're right. The more cities grow up and that, the countryside is going to be a very difficult place and shooting and everything. Oh, it's just, as you say, it's a big kind of worms, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, bear in mind, I came from, I came from London. Um, in, I, I was 15 when I moved down here in 1962. Um, well, and the first thing I had was nothing but snow. But I mean, it, it came as a bit of a culture shock to me because obviously I'd lived in London and uh, to come down here, it was it was totally different, you know. So Pony Club then, talk to me about Pony Club. How did you get involved in it? What exactly is Pony Club for, for those of our listeners that don't understand exactly? I mean, you know, it, it's, it's obviously young people on ponies racing, but is there more to it than that? Yeah, there is definitely. Um, no, I suppose it's just, I suppose again it derives from hunting originally doesn't it you know you kind of had the 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 hunt pony clubs and and having not done it for a while I'm probably not strictly accurate (laughs) but it's basically um it 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 creates opportunities for people to be able to access training I suppose for riding horses you know you join a local pony club and they put on rallies and for a lot of people, I suppose it's an affordable way of getting lessons because you'll go to clinics and they're basically clinics where you can turn up with your ponies and whether you want to try Gymkhana or um, dressage or anything like that, it's a great way of, of getting people to expand their, their knowledge. And, you know, in the summer you've got Pony Club Camp where, you know, when you're little you obviously go in daily, but when you're older you go and stay for a week with your pony mm. at pony club camp do all your grooming all your clean tack cleaning you earn badges and so i suppose it's almost like scouts but yeah for, yeah <laughs> but for ponies you know and it's and it's a really it's it's really key i suppose to it, i learned so much through pony club and i say i'm very lucky that i i grew up um doing it because you do learn the basics basically and and you know if you have a pony club race, which I presume you do at some stage during during the um, you know the membership, um, I mean, is it just sort of you know is it is it five furlongs, seven furlongs, or is it a jumping race? How does that work? So so for pony racing, I, I don't know exactly um, the details now, but when I when I was pony racing, there there was a, there was point to point pony racing, so just pony races put on by the local point to points, which yeah. are obviously the AMSA. It's the amateur racing, um, and and was that over fences? No, that was that was just on the flat, and and yeah. they sort of had varying distances, and they wouldn't be very long. You know, we're talking sort of five, six, seven furlongs a mile yeah. um, on the flat, um, and you'd be divided into two heights, and it was thirty one three eight centimeters and one four eight centimeters and under. Yeah. So you literally had the two sections. Now I know that there are a lot more options for all, for all your young listeners that want to give it a go i think yeah. um uh, the, lucy snowden jamie's jamie's wife um i think was saying that their daughter might be doing one that's for four furlongs for people that have never ridden in a pony race yeah. before so there are lots of categories now which i wouldn't be I, I wouldn't I wouldn't know how many categories there are, but it's definitely worthwhile for anyone listening who, who wants to get into it. Yeah. Sort of trying to find out um either through the pony club or the local point to point any any sort of categories that, that might be a bit more open for for what we call fluffy ponies, which are probably really uh normal pony club ponies, not like some of these whizzy some some in the fourteen 
in the one four eight centimeters and under category of proper full thoroughbreds that just weren't tall enough to be a yeah big enough to be a, a proper thoroughbred. But it's all on the flat, and um, it's just really good fun and a great way of getting into it. So there, there you are at age 10, 11, whatever. Um, how many winners did you get in your, your pony club days? Absolutely none. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, it, Not a single one. <laughs> it must have left uh, an indelible um, um, thoughts on your, on your mind, though, because, you know, here you are today, uh, one of the country's leading um, female jump jockeys. Well, there we go. That was Paige Fuller there joining us. And uh, if you want to hear the rest of that uh, little interview, go to Three Valleys Radio on a Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. And you can get to Three Valleys Radio uh, if you haven't already got here today. It's www.threevalleysradio.com. Look forward to welcoming you there. So that was Paige Fuller. Next up, we've got our memory slot. Sweet, sweet memories you gave of me You can't beat the memories you gave of me Yes, it's time for our memory slot And this week we're going to go back to the year 2015 For the Fred Winter Juvenile Handicap Hurdle From Cheltenham, of course And it was a horse called Qualando Trained by Paul Nichols And ridden by our friend Nick Schofield so see what you remember of this race. Memories you gave me. Made of this. The memories you gave me. Don't forget a small Raring to go. The yellow flag has been raised now, and the tapes are up the way they go. Racing for the Fred Winter Juvenile Handicap Hurdle, charging towards the first architect on the inside. Also prominent then is Sebastian Beach in the pink jacket, and when Silly Burbus as well is right up with the Arabian Revolution in the black jacket, the grey, and Virawal just in front of that one with the sheep, sheepskin cheek pieces. But as they settle down, it's Starkitect that takes them along from Virawal with Gwen Silly Burbus handy. Fourth in Sebastian Beach, Arabian Revolution Golden Doyen on the inside with Zareb, who's taking a bit of a tug in the early stages. Surian in the blue jacket with the maroon chevron is handy. Qualando not far behind these. Wider out then is Thunder Zone. Just behind that one then is Unanimite, who's held on to with AP McCoy on the inside there on box office in the white cap. The red cap on the inside then is all yours, who's restrained there with Mr. Gallivanter as they go over the next flight of hurdles. Mr. Gallivanter just tracking hostile fire is under a bit of a tug on the inside there as well, is quite keen. And towards the back of the field as they rise up the hill for the first time. Making a bit of ground on the outside is Unanimite, tracking business similar, the two Simon Manier and Isaac Swede uh, runners there, the green and darker green sleeves. And at the back of the field is the St. James in the green cap with the white star, the second colours of J.P. McManus as the Wallace line gets messed about a bit at the back there on the inside, the black and green triple diamond. So they're heading down the hill towards the third and fourth flights down the back straight and Starkitect cutting out the running from Virawal with Gwen Silly Burbus handy. Barry Garrity on the outside, Arabian Revolution, the Greys sitting in about fourth place on the inside. Golden Doyen is saving ground there as they all cross over that flight. Handy as well, still Sebastian Beach beat about the bush, not too far behind them either. Another one that's sitting handy off the pace there is Surian and the sheepskin noseband, Dai Bando's red cap tracking Baron Alco on the inside as the runners race away from us now down towards the fourth flight, Thunder Zone in touch on the outside. Unanimite in business, uh, Sivilla are sitting in the middle of the field on the outside of these as they took that next flight of hurdles. All yours still under a patient ride then from Sam Tristan Davis and Bouvroy in the pink cap is stable mate is sitting about two lengths in front of him. Hostile fire in no hurry on the inside. Mr. Gallivanter being pushed along on the rear has lost a little bit of ground. The Wallace line still out towards the back together with the St. James. They take the flight at the top of the hill. Bad mistake. Golden Doyen goes there and badly hampers uh, Baron Alco, but he did survive that. But uh, Golden Doyen crashing out at the fifth flight. Four out here. Starkey Tech leading them across towards the top of the hill as they race now towards the closing stages of the Fred Winter. Vera Well and the cheek pieces sitting handily with Gwen Silly 
Berbas racing in third place. Arabian Revolution and Zarib on the inside are just tracking these uh, placings. Then behind this one making ground now is Qualando. Couldn't see him early on, but he's making good headway in the blue and pink colours as they race on down the hill towards the third last. Also picking up is Bouvroy on the inside. As they go towards the next, a bad mistake there by Vera Wild, but it's still Starkitect who has it from Gwen Silly Burbus. Also Zarib getting right into it on the inside for Harry Skelton. Arabian Revolution pushed along with Beat About the Bush. Getting into it now is Box Office and AP McCoy as they race down towards the second last. Box Office took that about eighth place. The St. James made a mistake when trying to make up some ground. They're also turning into the home straight already here. Starkitect the leader, not seeing another rival. Zarib and Gwen Silly Burbus trying hard to reel him in. Then Qualando. Then behind these trying to pick up is Bouvroy. Under strong pressure is all yours. Then up the inside then is the St. James. They're coming up the hill towards the final flight. Zarib and Qualando are going to fight this out as they take the final flight. Qualando just in front from Zarib. Qualando in front here from Bouvroy on the far side. They're racing up the hills and Nichols 1-2. Qualando just in front. All out. Very gamely hanging on. Qualando driven out towards the line. Another one for Paul Nichols. Qualando beats Bouvroy. 1-2 for the champion trainer. Then came the St. James back in third place. Starkitect battle on Bradley with fourth. All yours was back in fifth. Well, there you go. That was the 2015 Fred Winter Juvenile Hurdle from Cheltenham, of course. And it was Qualando's turn this year, ridden by our old friend Nick Schofield. Now, let's hear what Nick could remember of the race. Oh, hi, Nick. Good morning. Um, so what can you remember about Qualando's victory, then? Uh, any Cheltenham Festival winner you remember clearly. And um, I remember the lead-up to the race... Um, he had a run at Exeter, got beaten, um, coming over from France. There was a few in it that year. Um, Paul had, I think, four runners in the race. Obviously, I was second jockey at the time. Um, Santos and Davis um, got told to ride All Yours, which was a big owner owned by Pencers at the time. And um, so I, I managed to get the um, leg up on um Quilando, who I'd rode a lot originally before, before that, but not in a race. And um, Noel Feely rode a horse called... I um, can't remember the horse's name now. Boovro, I think it was called. And um, so, yeah, it was fortunate to get the ride because um, if the boys picked any others, I might not have got, got a go on him. But, um, you know, lean up to the race, I really fancied him because I'd sort of sat on him a lot at home and got to know him. And then he, um, after the race went, was um, exactly how I planned. And um, he went on to um, win the race, which was which was super. Does it does it make a difference when you get the chance to sort of get to know the horse and he gets to know you, or or, or does it not matter that much? Um, uh, to be honest, uh, most days of the week I don't ride the horses before I go out in the race, so mm. um, I can't say it does. But I had I, I was very bullish going in with Quilando. Um, I'd really liked him at home, and I had a lot of luck for his owner, Cathy Stewart, yeah. who hadn't actually had a Cathy and Roy Stewart, who had never had a winner at the festival. They had a lot of good horses. I'd rode them a lot of good winners previously, so um, I suppose confidence was high on that point of view. And um, and he was a very good jumper, which he needed in the Fred Winter, and I knew he'd stay well. So um, all things added up. Um, I wasn't that surprised at the time when he won um, but we had a dream run through and um, he galloped up the hill great and um, you know it's a, it's a rider winner at the festival for Paul Nichols is, is great you know yeah yeah absolutely and Cheltenham and that it's, it's, it's a Long, long way to stay in the memory banks, I'm sure, for you, Nick. Anyway, so, uh, well, thanks for that, mate. Yeah. We, we appreciate you uh, taking the time to do that. And um, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. Well, that was our resident uh, jockey, Nick Schofield, there, talking about his success at Cheltenham. It's time to catch up with Gary Welcher from Brasbet. So, good morning, Gary. How's it going? Good, good morning, mate. Yeah, we're having a great week. Quite, um, you speak to me, actually, from Presbury Park. So, uh... yeah. We're just ready to go in. We've got to be there very, very early. So, uh, but it's, yeah, it was great atmosphere yesterday. Nick's horse ran a blind and finished for yeah. the second yesterday, yeah. didn't it? You know, yeah. We had all the party booked, and uh, I think 
the only person who smoked the party was your man, Tom O'Brien from up your way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I was on, I was on next, party, next so horse I as well. I've got 800 party poppers here. <laughs> so uh, we're going to use them last night. So if anybody wants some cheap party party poppers, You're the man. just get on to breastbet.com and I'm sure we'll look after them. Yeah, well done. So, I fancy one horse today. I fancy there's a good thing about fancy the hunter chase. I fancy Bill away. All right, okay. Uh, I fancy Willie Mullins also. Yeah, I know he's going to be favourite, but that rain helped him the other day, Wednesday. And uh, I think he'll win. I think he's favourite, but I think he's a good thing, mate. Yeah, yeah. And uh, have you got any special offers for us from Bresbeck? Loads of them online. It's, honestly, if I call them out, I'll be here till I'll be here. Take me two hours to call them out. But we've right. got plenty of offers online. And have a go online. We get plenty of value. Plenty of value tomorrow. And you know where to go. Absolutely, www.bresbet.com, that's it. Yeah, that's where you've got to go with the value, son. Okay. All right, then, Gary, well, thanks, thanks very Good much. Have for... a lovely day, all of you, all your listeners. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Cheers for now. Well, there we go. That was our friends from Bresbet. Don't forget, you can find their website at www.bresbet.com. And now we're going to catch up with Dave Wilson from Harlequin Ray. Well, hello again, Dave. Um... Weekend is with us. Where are you heading? We're going to Kempton, unfortunately. I've got a children's birthday party I need to uh, collect the girls from at 6.15 and my horse is running in Utoxeter at 5.18. Oh. So I don't think I can make it back from Utoxeter in under an hour. I think that's so, unlikely. Uh, we're going to divert ourselves. Yeah, we're going to divert up to Kempton, watch the first four or five races there. Yeah. And then we're going to shoot on home. Uh, we're, we'll go over one that we've got running up at Utoxeter in the 518. Uh, Nicky Henderson trained uh, James Bowen Ridden, uh, issuing authority. The news from the stables is is not a bumper horse to be getting uh, overexcited about. He's going to be more of a hurdler chaser. And uh, we just want to see where we are with him. So anyone having a look at that race, don't be getting putting too much money on issuing authority because... Uh, We've been told he's not a bumper-type sort of horse, so uh, we'll just let the punters take their own opinion of what we've been told there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're going to head over to Kempton ourselves, and uh, we're going to start there with a 130, and a horse that we like in that race is Cap St. Vincent. Going to be ridden by Connor Brace, trained by Fergal O'Brien. His horses are running very well this week at Cheltenham. He's had a... Crossbar, crossbar, crossbar. I think everything's finished second for him at the moment, but they're, they're thereabouts. Now, Cap St. Vincent was previously with Tim Vaughan and uh, one of handicap a mark of one, two, six for him. And so far, he's had one race under the care of a Fergal O'Brien team and was running over two miles five, which is just short of what he normally runs over. He likes a three-mile trip. So he just didn't have enough toe last time out to get up on the line he got beat three quarters of an length and finished third now the horse that finished fourth in that race was called Banicamus of Nigel Twiston Davis and that's come out on one since so it shows the form of the race was very strong now this fella's only running off a handicap mark of 122 and uh, it's his second run back from wind surgery as well so uh, we think he's got an outstanding chance now he's back over three miles Priced up at eight to one with Bet Three Six Five early doors, we'd expect to have a nice each way bet on him in that race. So Cap St Vincent in the one thirty at Kempton. Okay. <clears throat> Moving down the cards of a two oh five, uh, we like the chances of the favourite here, Rockstar Ronnie. Bridget Andrews takes a ride for Dan Skelton. Now, for those that don't know, Bridget Andrews is actually married to Harry Skelton, and. Uh, her husband and wife team, and they do a lot of the riding for the band Skelton Yard. So uh, when you see Bridget Andrews, don't think it's just uh, an anybody. It's actually Dan Dan Skelton's uh, sister-in-law. <laughs> so uh, Rockstar Ronnie's had three chase runs to date, and uh, he did he did well over hurdles. He won two from three. He's uh, a dual hood hurdles winner, sorry, and he's won two from three over fences, and he won a point to point at the start of his career. Uh, he's one off a handicap mark of 132 over hurdles. He's one off the same handicap mark in the novice chase for Dan Skelton, and then he remains on that mark. So he's a dual winner off this handicap mark that he's on, so he's very well in on the weights. And uh, he's priced up a 2 to 1 with Bet365 at the moment. So uh, Rockstar Ronnie rates a worthy win bet in uh, 205 there at Kempton on Saturday. Righty ho. Moving down to the 240 race, uh, one I like here is called Falco Blitz. 
going to be written by Nico de Boyneville and trained by Nicky Henderson, priced up at 12 to 1 at the moment. Now, this fella's primarily been running over fences of uh, last year and a half, two years. And he moved from a handicap mark of 132 up to 142. He rose £10 in the chase ranks uh, whilst he's been doing all his chasing. Now, his last run over hurdles, he was off a handicap mark of 132. And he's only running off of a mark of 136 here. So he's been dropped £6 from his chase mark. So he's got a very realistic chance of running very well. Last time out over hurdles, he ran fifth in a grade three class one behind McFabulous. I think he got beat about eight or nine lengths in that race, but it's not it's a it's not any significance of distance he got beat. It's a class of race that he was in and he was up there contesting it. And that was his last run over hurdles. So obviously with him uh, being dropped down in the handicap six pounds from what he's achieved over the the fences now. And in that race behind McFabulous, he had Warlord behind him as well, who's miles higher in handicap now as well. So opening show of 12 to 1, five places on offer in the fifth of the odds with Bet365. He rates very much a big each-way bet in that race there. Falco Blitz in the 240. Righty-ho. Moving down to the 315, uh, we're going with uh, Cheltenham form here with Esprit de Guy. Uh, going to be ridden by Charlie Deutsch and trained by trainer of the moment, Venetia Williams. She's had a crack in Cheltenham so far. I think she's had something like six runners and have not finished out the top three. So uh, the stable is absolutely on fire. Now, this fellow won off of a handicap mark of 144 back in November 2020. And he's gone up to 147 before he, he was enforced with a small injury and he's been off for a year. He come back at Warwick after that and he absolutely hosed up by seven lengths. One on the bit or on the snap, as they say. And he's, he's only moved up to a handicap mark of 149 now, so he's not really gone up. And as I say, the stable's in form. They've had Le Homme Press win at Cheltenham. They had Shambard win at Cheltenham. They've had uh, Nido Vallis finish third. Pharaoh Van Boo come from last to finish second or third in his race. Oh, it's been phenomenal for the Venetia Williams team at the moment. Now, in the last year, Venetia's had 306 winners and Charlie Deutsch has had 315. And they're nowhere near that previous year. So they're absolutely on fire. So we're going with a speed to Guy. Uh, 3-1, to one, I think he is at the moment. And uh, that's the 315 race there at Kempton on Saturday. OK, fine. Moving down to the 350, we like the chances here of Signal Point, another one of uh, Bridget Andrews, Dan Skelton combination. By far the best of these on bumper form, and uh, he run Lady Adair of Harry Fry's to a length and a quarter in his first ever race. Uh, Lady Adair is very highly thought of, and he was also close up in uh, two Class 1 listed events as well on the the flat uh, bumper scene, however they called it. He won only his debut over hurdles as well, and the second came out and won second again, and the horse that was third in that race has also come out and won since. Uh, he went up to Warwick for his next run, and he didn't go on the very deep, heavy going there, and uh, he conceded £7 of a all of the horses here and £10 of one of them in the race as well, but we think six more points are going to be classy enough to win this. Now, we think he's going to be priced up around about nine to two sort of mark there's no betting on the race at the moment but what we will say is if it's it's a quarter of the odds to race so if he's four to one or bigger have an each way bet if it's under four to one take a win bet so that signal point in 350 at Kempton okay moving down to the 425 Zaccone Rebel uh, Tom Cannon takes a ride for Toby Laws now, this fella won on the bridle in, up at Ludlow in January, and he, he, next time out, he was 4-1 to one to beat a horse called Good Risk at All. Now, Good Risk at All is a horse that I think would have absolutely bolted up at Cheltenham this week, but he was reserved one for his race, and he didn't actually get into it. Now, when he, when he won at Ascot, Good Risk at All, he was first and the rest of the field might as well have not turned up and this fella was only four to one chance to beat him so keep an eye on the betting in this race uh again toby laws is having a fantastic year he's got a 22.73 percent strike rate with his runners in the of months and he had a good few winners through february as well 
Uh, again, this one isn't got a price at the moment. It's a quarter of the odds to race. And again, as we say, if it's four to one or bigger, have an each way bet. If it's under four to one, have a The five o'clock race is a junior national hump bumper flat race. Now, if you need to have a bet on this race, I'm going to come round and pick you up in the car and take you to the doctors myself. <laughs> it's a race where you shouldn't be having a bet in. It's junior horses. It's a national hump bumper flat race. They're very, very inexperienced, and uh, there's very, very little form to go on. The only clue that we can see in all of the form is Chris Gordon's got a runner. His horses are running very well, and Diamond Eggs is the Chris Gordon horse here. It'd be worth having a pound win on him, but if you want to have anything better than that, as I say, I'll pick you up in the car. It's not a race you should be getting involved in and having a bet in this. It's it's very very much stick the pin in the paper page. Well, that sounds like uh, sound advice from somebody who really knows what he's talking about. So, listeners, take heed. Don't get involved. Lovely job, Dave. Yeah. Thank you very much. Well, that was Dave Wilson from Harlequin Racing, and now it's time to catch up with the cheeky tappy on his way back from Cheltenham. It's Colin Brown. Well, good evening, Colin. Um, you got back from Cheltenham, okay then? And uh, we're back on the old routine again, aren't we? We certainly are. We're on the routine ahead of racing for Saturday, where we've got some pretty good racing from uh, up the north at Newcastle, down to Utoxter, sort of uh, Midlands. And then uh, on the suburbs of London, we've got Kempton. And on the south coast near Bogdan Reeds is a place that you've probably spent quite a bit of your youth, um, I would thought, uh, at Fontwell Park. Yeah, well, there you go. The answer is no, I didn't spend my youth at Fontwell Park. But there you go. I did go on holiday to Eastbourne, which is close to that direction, but uh, there you go. Did you really? Yeah, I did. When I was a little boy. Did you? Yeah. Oh. Oh, when I was a little that's, boy. That's, I love Liz that much. It's a yeah. long time ago. <laughs> well, it was, yeah. It went with mummy and daddy. Right, now come on, let's, let's stop reminiscing. Let's have some horses. Okay, right. I've, um, 120 Utoxter, mm-hmm. uh, horse number two, Delamar Rocket. And it's trained by Cheltenham Festival winning trainer Ben Pauling. It won easily the other day down at um, Foslas, or 10th of February. And I think it'll win again. So okay. it's called Della Mar Rocket in the 120 of Toxford. Right. All right. Uh-huh. And, of course, we've got the longest, well, one of the longest races ever to be run. I've ridden in it many, many times, the... Midlands National, they call it. Um, wasn't the third nicest race to ride in. This is about 24 runners all slogging around over about 100 fences. <laughs> but, you know, it was it was what, what we had to do, I suppose you have to say. Only, um, only 100 uh, fences then, eh? So not a, not a difficult race. Uh, nah, not a difficult race, not a difficult race. Um, right, next race is the 150 Utoxter. I think Paul Nichols will win this with a horse called, um, I think you better pronounce it, Grace Avu Enki. Grace Avu Enki, it's called. Is it now? And, uh, yeah, it's the horse that runs here um, in this uh, this race. Bryony Frost takes the ride, and uh, I'd say it's got strong chances. It won at Hereford last time out. Um, it wouldn't be too badly handicapped. It's a horse that came from France, from Danube Zoo. So it's a winner at toy on heavy ground, I would say, today. Okay. Uh, we're now 2.25? 2.25. Let's have a little look at the old 2.25. Well, um, the Venetia Williams horses are in such good form that quite possibly she might win this uh, novice's chase with a horse called Fuji Fight. Um, he's a horse that's in tremendous form. Mine is a good race. There's a horse called Doc Pick, Pick Me, uh, trained by Harry Whittington that wouldn't be without a chance in the race. But um, I think come Fuji Fight is in fantastic form. And I think it'd probably take a little bit of beating. Okay, Fuji Fly it is. Yeah, and then on to the three o'clock, it's a handicap hurdle. And a good mate of mine's got a horse running here called Boots Hill. He's been a bit 
disappointing this horse. He, he would have got into the county early, but he's going to go here. And I tell you what, um, he had a nice winner um, on Friday, old um, Harry Fry, in uh, at, at um, Cheltenham called uh, Envoy Allen. And I, not Envoy Allen, what was it called? Love Envoy. What was yeah. it called? What was it called? Love Envoy. En- Love Envoy. Yeah. And this horse, Boot Hill, if he's got it fit, I think it will win. It was ninth in the um, Betfair hurdle at Newbury. A lot of that form's turned out pretty good. It's got a tongue tie on today. Uh, five to one ish, it'll be. I think it'll win the three o'clock you talkster. Okay. Right, on to the Bolton Group Midlands Grand National. And there's one or two horses I think have been probably laid out for this a little bit. Um, it's a pretty competitive race, of course, but. Um, that's the way they, you know, that that is this race, really. It's a handicap, and they're all stayers. Yeah. Uh, Yala Inky heads the weights with um, with Briny Frost in the saddle. And it was a winner last time out at uh, Taunton off of a mark of 159 and won the time before at Cheltenham. I mean, it's not a bad horse, this. And it's off a mark of about 159, which it has one off higher ones before. Uh, not without a chance. Right, let's line them up. I'm going to put them in number order and look at the betting. It's about 12 to 1, Yala Henke, but it's uh, 12 years old. It's quite an ask in a race like this to get the uh, top weight to win the race. And as I look down through, you know, there's a horse that I tipped up the other day, owned by, partly owned by the same owner as um, Boot Hill, called Captain Drake. Now, if they've had enough rain up there, this has only got 10 stone one on his back. Brian Carver takes three off, makes it 9-12. And Harry Fry could, is also in good form. He could have a nice W toxter. So it's Captain Drake, I think, can win. Um, he won one at Exeter the other day when I was down there. Uh, he really did. Um, he runs off a mark of 134. He won at Exeter about 127. So he's put him up for uh, five six, he put him up seven pounds, which I think was enough, but he won five lengths that day, and I reckon he could take the national at Utoxta. Right, old boy, we will now travel down to Kempton Park. That's the place I like. Kempton Park, yes, the great track, Kempton. I used to love riding around there. Good Saturday horses around Kempton. It's like riding around Silk. It was like driving around Silverstone, yeah. you know, tight old track, going plenty fast enough and having a bit of fun. Um, right, what wins here? Don't fancy anything in the first, but the 205, let's see if we can find you the winner of the 205 at, um, at Kempton Park. So, yeah, quite a competitive race. There's a horse of um, Dan Skelton's called Rockstar Ronnie that's in fantastic form, along with a horse of Gary Moore's called Golden Boy Grey, who keeps winning quite nicely. And I'd say this one's a little bit of an improver. It's owned by Mrs. Ruth Arnold. They used to have horses with a great name, Barney Curley. And it's called Golden Boy Grey. And it runs in the 205 at Kempton. I think it will take a little bit of beating. Right. right then, two, the right, the 240 is a handicap chase, and there's a load. It's going to be quite a few runners here, actually. Um, what wins it? Well, it's a pretty competitive uh, t- t- type of race. But there's a horse that's been knocking on the door called Dorking Bay. And if he runs, okay. Taking the bowl plan in Uber last time out. Beat Thunder Rock the time before. Master Debonair the time before that. I think he'll be far away. Good Dorking Lad. And that's... Or even Dorking Bay. Boy. Uh, Dorking oh, right, Boy. Dorking Bay. Okay, Dorking Boy. Sorry, you... Yeah. Pick me up on a little error there. Well, we don't want to Thank confuse you. the punters, do we? I mean, Mary would have got herself in a bit of a, you know, wouldn't she, if, if that had uh, gone out un, unchecked? I bet I bet Mary's had a right old week this week, don't you? Yeah, I feet up on the yeah. Feet up on the table, yeah. just sitting back there with a large gin and tonic, yeah. watching the racing, that's what I'd say. Mary, I hope you're doing well. I hope you backed a few wins at Cheltenham. I certainly did in the first two days, but the third day was okay. 
and the fourth. So here we go. Um, right, nothing in the next. 425, let's have a quick peep. Um, oh, I've been looking out for a horse here. The Deco. Oh, there it is. A horse called the Deco runs here. Balkeo, I should say. Now, quite often horses runs a better back after they've had a wind knock. Second run back. And this horse came from France, trained by Nicky Henson, got well beaten by Shell. We have one more uh, at Sandam. But I think it'll improve enough to win here. It's called Balkeo, and that's number four in the 425 at Kempton. I am going to Fontwell Park, actually. That's where I'll be on... Um, on what's name on on Saturday? Yeah, that's where I am going to be. Uh, yeah, Fontwell Park. But um, as I say, there is, there is good racing there at uh, at Kempton and good racing up at Utahster, really. But no, Fontwell Park is where I'm going. So I'm just about to switch over my computer and have a little peep at Fontwell Park. Um, right. So first race one o'clock. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven races on the card. The first race, the conditional jockeys race. Um, not many runners. In fact, only four runners. Uh, what wins it? I think that probably a horse trained by um, Ollie Murphy called Notre Paris can win this. Um, been running consistently well. Not a very strong race. Should win, not Trapari. Um, second race on the card is a maiden hurdle. Um, and um, whew, there's a couple in here that are okay. Deeper Blue being one of them, trained by Harry Fry. It's run okay in a couple of three races. His best run was second, the stage star over two miles, three, last, uh, three runs ago. So we'll give it the benefit of a couple of poorish runs. They've dropped it in the handicap a few pounds. Um, I think it can probably win a deeper, or it's called deeper blue um, in the 135. Um, right, don't fancy anything in the 246. Not many runners there, gosh, there's barely any runners there. But Black Jerry, Jerry should win the 246, the uh, Kazoo Novices Chase. That's Black Jerry. Um, not many times that you go to Portal Park and um, uh, Gary Moore doesn't have a winner. Um, and his birthday, it's Mr. Gilbert's birthday as well. Uh, he has plenty of runners there in the Southampton Colours. Um, and it lays Gilbert and it's his, um, it's his birthday. So I wonder if anybody's got him a little horse laid out to win. Um Honeyball has plenty of winners at the track, and I'd say that Le Cornet will win down there, the 356. And the 431 down there is, it was a handicap hurdle for a change quite often to the national flat base. And uh, what wins this? Well, do you know, <clears throat> I don't really want to back any of them. No, nothing that I really fancy there. Should we have a quick look at Newcastle, just in case there's something I've missed? Yeah, by all means. Is that all right for you? It's all right um, for me. Just a few clicks away. Right. Okay, we, we've clicked away. Um, up at Newcastle. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, up at Newcastle. There's a horse that's um, owned by the owner's group. He's got a good pedigree, this one. He's a half-brother to Wicklow Brave. What race and, are we in? Um, he is in the 158. And he was second, he's had a wind up. He was second um, at Ludlow the other day. Not a bad run. And I'd say he's about ready to go and win. So have a look at him. April 21, April 22. He's called, um, he's called Rock Legend. And he's my only bet up at um, Newcastle. Righty-ho. All right. And that is it, um, Okay, thank you, Colin. Excellent stuff. Been a busy week, hasn't it? Oh, yeah, been a really busy week. Everything going okay with you? Yeah, yeah, no, everything's fine. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, no, that's good. That's good. Thank you very much indeed. 
No problem. We'll speak to you next week. Okay, cheers for now. Well, now we're going to catch up with a couple of our uh, trainers and jockeys that uh, have been uh, performing at Cheltenham. And first off, we've got Mr. Jamie Snowden. Okay, well, hi, Jamie. Uh, on your way back from Cheltenham, um, looking back on the four days, what, what sort of... Uh, what sort of a verdict would you give on your horses? Well, um, we, we ran three at the festival um, and um, we didn't come away with any more winners, unfortunately. Um, no, they, they all ran OK. They ran the races, mid-division, in basically all three of them. Um, so, uh, no, OK, but uh, it just goes to show how hard it is to, to have winners there. Obviously, we were to have a winner there a yeah. few years ago with our third ever run. We didn't quite realise how lucky we were, but mm -hmm. um, no, it's, uh, it, it's an incredibly hard place to win. What what sort of an effect did the weather have on the Wednesday? Did that really muck up your chances at all? Well, funnily enough, the two horses we ran on Tuesday probably could have done with the wetter ground, and the one horse that I ran on the Thursday could have run with it, done with the dry ground. So uh, <laughs> yeah. um, it's it's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's right, that's right. But but overall, I expect it's been a, you know it's been a a good week. But I mean, it, it just sort of looking at it, I suppose there's that sort of huge momentum of of anticipation as you you build up to it, and you know this is the, the dream is always there, uh, and I can understand that because I'm a steamer, I'd be a dreamer as well, you know. And then I suppose it's a bit of an anticlimax on the way home tonight. Yeah, well, I, I suppose um, you know we're all dreamers. We're in, we're in it because we 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 you know we dream that we're going to win big races, and yeah. you know thankfully we're we're having a great season and, and the winners are, are coming in. But um, obviously to, to win a, a nice race at the festival would really cap it off. So, uh, yeah. no, um, as you say, you know, always a slight anticlimax coming back without a winner. But, um, hey, there's always next year. Yeah, absolutely. So from your point of view now, what, what's, the, I suppose, Liverpool's the next big uh, big test, is it? The big, big sort of focus now? Yeah, so the entry festival's in three weeks' time. There's the Scottish National in between. So... Um, there's still plenty of good races to be had, um, and, uh, and and yeah, obviously we're we're 43 winners. Our record's 46, and there's still another five weeks of the season to go. So um, let's hope we can uh, let's hope we can we can beat our, our previous best. I'm sure you will. In fact, I'll put a fiver on it. <laughs> Very kind. Of you. Good. Well, okay, JB. Thanks for joining us today, and uh, I'm sorry it wasn't. Uh, all the dreams that we both wanted, but never mind. These things happen, don't they? And uh, as you say, Liverpool next stop. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep keep driving forward, and uh, you know, yeah. as, as I say, there's always next year. Good old, thanks, Jamie. Great stuff. Cheers, Eddie. Take care. All the best. And you. Take it easy on the way home. Cheers. Well, that was Jamie Snowden on his way back to Lambourne from Cheltenham. And now we're catching up with Nick Schofield, who had two runners today, one in the Gold Cup, um, Santini, and also Staghorn. So let's see what he has to say. Right. Well, good afternoon, Nick. Thanks for joining us again, especially after a hard day's racing today. Um, looking back on it, uh, are you happy? Are you disappointed? What, what do you feel? Well, obviously disappointed. You, you always hope for better, but... Um, um, but what about um staghorn was the intention to go on in front again as you had the last time yeah, he's, he's only ever won from the front, so you, you try and do what it works. And, um, but he didn't run his race today, he hasn't no. run any sport. So um, he'll get, go home, get checked out, and hopefully he's all right. But there's always another time, so you know you don't want to worry too much about that. Santini, though, I thought ran a, you know, by and large, ran a good race. He just sort of faded, didn't quite have enough petrol towards the end of the race, really, did he? No, he just lacked the gear coming down the hill. Um, you know, he was actually not far off Albion Poto come the end. He just lacked the gear, the ground just went against him, and um, the pace of the race went against him. But um, he'll go to the Grand National now, all being well, and um, that should just put him right for him. But what about Sky Pirate? Looking back, did, did you feel uh, he went, went as well as you would have liked? No, he never turned up. He's been awfully disappointed this year. Um, yeah, it's not been a struggle with him. But... Yeah. But there we go, it's, it's three weeks' time, it's Liverpool, so it all starts again then, doesn't it? Quite right, quite right. But it's been, it's been by and large, been a, you know, it's been a great meeting, I think. I mean, obviously the weather on the Wednesday did rather muck things up a bit, but apart from that, um, the last two days have been sunshine, it's been, been pretty good, I would have thought, wouldn't you? Yeah, racing showcased itself in a brilliant 
site. I've never seen Chatham so cool, to be honest with you. Um, no. It was, um, you know, hopefully it really, get, really gets behind racing and just supports it. It's, um, it's a great sport to be a part of. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, look, Nick, tough luck that nothing came right for you today, but I'm sure tomorrow's another day in racing, isn't it? So you just look forward and not look back. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Okay, mate, well, we'll talk to you next week then. Have a safe journey home, and um, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Eddie. Thanks, Nick. Cheers for now. Bye-bye. Well, that was Nick Schofield on his way back uh, from Cheltenham uh, after two valiant tries, but obviously not quite good enough at... Uh, these things happen and you can't win every race, can you? Well, we were hoping to catch hold of uh, Milton Harris now to have a chat with him about his runner today, but unfortunately he's still tied up with his owners, so we couldn't do that. So I'm afraid it means we've come to the end of the show. Thank you very much for listening, and obviously thank you very much for listening all through the week with our preview shows coming on with Colin Brown. We'll be back next week, usual time, usual station. Until then, goodbye. <laughs>